How is your prayer life? If you are like most of us, it has seasons and sometimes lacks consistency. Prayer, faith, and holiness are key to reaching your destiny. Join Prophet Nanaseyo Pukusakori as he encourages the body of Christ to get closer to God in prayer. One of the nature of Christ is love. There are two things on earth that is so practiced in heaven. The language in heaven is faith and the character is love. Because God called the things which be not as though they were. So God obeyed by faith. When Jesus cast the fig tree and the disciples say, Master, the fig tree you cast is with away. He said, have faith in God. It means that the literal translation says, have the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith believes in what he said. In the book of Genesis, Genesis is the handiwork of God. Revelation and Ephesians talk about the predestiny or predictions of what is about to happen. Them that he predestined, he called. So God is an architect. The architect doesn't build, but he put the drawing on the paper for the builder to use the drawing to build. So God imagined how the world is going to be. And in Genesis, he started calling them. So you see two things there, and God said and God saw. And God said and God saw. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let the sea come, and the sea came. So in the faith operation, you must say it and believe that you will see it. Prophet Nanaseo Pukuksakodie is an end-time season firebrand prophet and an evangelist with a unique preaching ministry, anchored on prayer. He teaches and prophesies the word of God with signs and wonders. And now, Prophet Nanase Opokusakodie. Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me in the spirit of the Lord. You read from my own Bible. The hand of the Lord was upon me and, and brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley. It was full of bones, hopeless situation, wrong foundation. And he led me run about them. And behold, there were very many upon the valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And because It looks very hopeless. I just want to be sincere to you, Lord, that as a prophet of God, I am sure that is what Ezekiel was saying. Looking at this physically, I don't have any hope. I don't want to want to say it is no so that you punish me. So I answered the Lord, thou knowest. I am just in a neutral line. I am not saying that they will leave because in my heart, I don't think they will leave. But thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy over there. Now hear this. God didn't say he will prophesy. God saw the situation, but he engaged the prophetic anointing. They cannot come out without a prophetic oil. I have heard the cry of my children in Egypt and I'm sending you. He said, go there. I came to Portland because I was sent. This is a validation. There was nothing here. There was no housing. There was no nothing. Today, Portland is developing. 
There was no even access road. The road you brought from the main road, we did it. When I was coming the first day, we drove through a, like a desert. So just in case you are doubting, Jesus said, if you don't believe me, believe the works. So the gates and branching from the road to enter Porter City with high tensions and roads, infrastructure, without any loan. To today, oh no bank or any man dead or alive. It got to be God. And my confidence is very simple. The God that told me to come here and I obeyed and also gathered you to bring you here. Today, I am sure you will change your destiny for life. Because there are some of us standing here is a hopeless situation. A lady sent me an email. He said, I listened to you and I saw that you can be blind and never know. He said, it is when you start preaching that my eye was open. And I said, how didn't I see all these things this year? Because it was not revealed to you. That is why I started by saying, the Lord God will do nothing unless he first reveal it. And he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, how do I speak to inanimate objects? Now, if God can speak to inanimate objects and they will respond, that means that any unseen altar in your background, today may they hear the voice of the Lord. Because when God speaks, everything hears and everyone hears. When God speaks, everything hears. And the rest he saw them and fled. Take a hook and go to the sea. The first fish you catch, open his mouth. Pay your tax and pay mine. And this fish had it. That means that no other fish in the sea without going to his mouth can come to the hook. And God said, let there be light. And the darkness said it and fled. So when God speaks, everything hears and everyone hears. So it's not God that said it from heaven. He engaged the prophetic anointing. And again, he said, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord. That sayeth the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, 
I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live. And I will lay signs upon you. And will bring you up flesh upon you. And I will bring up flesh upon you. And cover you with skin. It means all these things, the bones doesn't have it. And put breath in you. And he shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Keep on going. So, so, I prophesy as I was commanded. That is exactly what I'm doing here. I prophesy as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Behold, a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bone. And when... And that is a miracle. That is a miracle. Some of these things, I don't want to use anybody. But this is somebody that died. His flesh is gone. His bones are scattered. This one, bones are scattered. It means that this last person, his knee bone is here. And his thigh bone is there. But when God spoke, the bones have to look for one another. So one bone is over there, one is over there. But this one must flew and go and connect to one over there. Whatever the situation is, God has power to come. Make sure you are alive. Your spirit is alive. And when I, and, and behold, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. I want to read verse 7 again. And he said, So I prophesied, I was commanded, and there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together. They were scattered, but they came. Mm. Now listen. It means that this one's knee cannot fit into this one's kneecap. But when God spoke, wherever the bones are, it means that one bone must look for its original fit. You did it, Jesus. You did it, Jesus. He said, he did it, Jesus. Blessings. And the bones came together. Bone to his bone. No wrong bone to the wrong bone. Because when God speaks, remember what the prophet said, I was commanded. That is why I started by telling that God sent me here. And the next verse says that. And when I behold, when I behold, lo, the sinus and the flesh came up upon them. And the skin covered them above. But there was no breath in them. Series and sequence. And the Bible said, 
Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus sayest the Lord. Come from the four wings, O breath, and breathe upon this, this slain that they may live. I prophesied as I was commanded and the bread came into them and they live and stood upon their feet they used to have a faulty foundation struggle but they became a seeding great but go down and let me show you something then he said unto me son of man this is why I want you to cut the message these bones are the whole house of Israel. So it was a metamorphosis language. She was using that to represent something. Now that means that the way you see Israel walking about with nice wigs, lipsticks and makeups, in the spirit realm, they were dry bones. So we can all come to church. We are all walking with our nice rusters, lipstick, nice dresses. But in the spirit realm, somebody in our bloodline along the line has made us look like dry bones. Until today, God raised a prophet. And he said, They are the house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dry. And our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. But there shall be a performance. Therefore, prophesy unto them this night. Ay, ay, ay. And tell them that say as the Lord God, behold, it doesn't matter what is in your background, I will open your graves. Hey. I will cause you to come out of your graves hey. and bring you into the house of God. That is why I told you that when the prophetic is on, graves get open. Once you engage the prophetic, graves get open. Saying that things are hard, they are saying that we take one step forward and seven steps backwards. That is what he said, literally, in verse number 11. Give me the new living translation. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone, our nation is finished. It looks like somebody's story over here. Uh said to be son of man our nation is finished therefore prophesy to them and say this is what the sovereign lord says oh my people i will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again
You don't deal with it, it is going to deal with you, and that is why we are doing what we are doing. Prophets prophesy through their mouth, <laughs> and so when you engage in the prophetic anointing, the mouth becomes the compact direction of your life. So, today, as Jacob called his children, he used his mouth to define their destiny. A negative circuit in your life is ending today. Amen. A negative chapter is ending today. Amen. Not a new chapter shall be open. Are you alive at all? So when the prophetic is on, every grave can open. And I can tell you that this night the prophetic is on. Yes, sir. That is why this morning I was talking to them this afternoon about confession. Yes, sir. Confession. Even if you are not a prophet, be prophetic. Uh. Because your mouth is the compass of your life. There is no direction on the sea to tell you that this or dock or this Kaneshi. Because the ocean doesn't have a length and a breadth anywhere. So the pilots use the, 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 
the what do, the captain they use what is called compass is the same thing they use in the airwaves in the aircraft and so i was telling the other day that when you start flying an aircraft you have to be talking to every country that you get to their airwaves so the traffic control of ghana gives you the traffic control togo togo gives you nigeria and once you miss the traffic control the aircraft is in is in danger Hear this. Hear this. Hear me very carefully. You are dealing with something that has been there ancient. It has dealt with many people's life. But thank God we were born. This night, your mouth is going to be the engine room of your life. Amen. It's going to be the control room of your life. The prophetic anointing is going to be the pilot of your aircraft. That is why it brings direction. Believe every word that is going to come out of my mouth. Mantles are going to enter people's homes. Because it works with obedience. This morning I told you that Jericho was cursed by Joshua. So if we sit down folding our hands thinking that it's going to change, it's a mistake. There is something we have to do. Joshua said, curse be the man that laid this, the foundation of this place. He will start it with his firstborn and end it with his last child. And after hundreds of years, it was fulfilled. Because the person going to lay did not know that it has happened. So the fact that we don't know does not mean it does not exist. No. The, 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 the battle and the warfare that surround Jericho and the way they gave them tough time. My goodness. Joshua got offended and cursed Jericho. Tell somebody he cursed Jericho. Now listen, it's not easy to wake up and walk around a city, a country, and walk around it. Every day once. Until the seventh day. So when Joshua finished and they shouted after the trumpet of the priest and Jericho were fell down. In Joshua chapter 6 verse 26 Joshua cursed the ground and Joshua adjured them at that time saying curse be the man because Joshua did not want Jericho to rise again. So curse be the man before the Lord that rise up and build Rise up and build this city, Jericho. He shall lay the foundation. That is what I tell you. Be careful the way you go and repair the family house. Make sure you are fortified. If you are not strong, you can go and dig a fapim based on another fapim that ends your success in life. It is not every house we renovate. 
if the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? So what God is saying that you are righteous or right? You are going to heaven or right? Your name is in the book of life, but it's not a guarantee for your success because your foundation is wrong. Now, the reason we have to deal with this thing is that we don't even know where the 40 foundation are. We don't know who laid it, but we're experiencing the symptoms. So then God have to go there. Because this is what I love. There's a foolish statement they have been saying that heaven help those who help themselves. Don't ever say something. It's an insult. If you can help yourself, God will not help you. Heaven help those who cannot help themselves. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. You can help yourself because once you can help yourself and God can help you, you will not give him the glory. But if you feel defeated, battered, and beaten, that is why one of these when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So God does not help those who can help themselves, He gives power to the faint. He gives power to them, and to them that has no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall fall, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. He giveth power to the faith, and to them that has no might, He increases strength. So if they claim they have might, then God has no business with them. Because you can't go to your foundation, God is going there. Amen. So the Lord bless those who are saying amen. amen. I say because you can't go to that 40 wrong, negative, destructive foundation, God is going there. Amen. He shall lay the foundation there of it is firstborn. And his youngest son shall he set the gates. It means that you will build the thing in sorrow. Because the guy thought he was doing renovation. He's helping a, a, a land that has been destroyed. He's going to make sure that he maintains it. But the Bible said, when the moment he laid the foundation, it cost him a firstborn. The firstborn died. He died. She was not sick. Nothing happens. She did not know. The person did not know. Because you see, this thing is in Joshua. First Kings 16, 32. No, 34. 34. In, the, in his days, did. What is the guy's name? Harry. He, he didn't cry. A problem. Harry, the better, the better light, built Jericho. He rise up. Now look at it. Everybody say First Kings. From Joshua, you go to Judges. Judges to where? Ruth. Ruth to where? First and second Samuel. From there, you come to where? Kings. So you can imagine the years that has come. It does not mean it has expired. I'll tell you something. I'm going to show you something. In the book of Second Kings chapter 16, I think verse 34. Give it to me. Is that what I was reading? Okay. Then in second Samuel, Chapter 1, verse 21. Saul died, and David arrived at Mount Geboah. 
It is on Mount Geboa that Saul died. And David stood there and said, you mountains of Geboa, let there be no dew. Neither let there be rain upon you. Nor fields of offering. So David cursed Mount Geboa. Listen, I've been to Israel, I don't know how many times. It is the only mountain that the Israelis have tried everything. It cannot be fertile. When you go and you see every place green, it is brown. When you are going towards Jericho, those of you who are going there, you see Mount Geboa there. It is the only mountain that is brown. And nothing they plant there with fertilizer system can work. Because David cursed that mountain. Thousands of years, it is still alight. He said, you open your mouth to swallow an anointed person. And Saul died as if he was not being anointed. And David pronounced a curse on it. Come back to, is this first Samuel chapter, what is that, 16 verse 1? Huh? 34. In his days did he, Herod, the better, the better light, built Jericho. He laid the foundation thereof in Abraham, his firstborn. Have you seen the manifestation of the thing where? Between Joshua up to Kings, he did not know. She has never heard about it. But the thing is hanging in the air. And the moment he laid the foundation, his firstborn died. And he set up the gate thereof with his youngest son, Segu. According to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nah. So, according to the word of the Lord, which is speaking by servant prophet Nana, every wrong foundation in your house shall be scattered. This is the bottom line. God will never live in a generation without the witness of a mouthpiece. A prophecy is a forecast. It's a message from God. A prophecy signifies and reveals the intention of God. So when I release a prophetic word, it's revealing the intentions of God. It is a spiritual burden that the Lord will lift and make you become a testimony. So today God will lift a wrong foundation. And that is why I know that People in your family are going to ask you from now to next year by this time, how did you do it? Because it is going to go beyond human understanding. How did you do it? How did you do it? It is not just accomplishment, but the pace. The pace. It's not going to be just accomplishment, but the pace. Because if it is from the Lord, it will be marvelous. You cannot walk after today like somebody who is battered and beaten. You are either shamified or you are glorified. You got to choose one. After today, shame is over. Man. 
Those who shout their amen, they are walking in it. Amen. Those who are screaming, they are walking in it. Amen. A prophecy is a pronouncement made by a prophet of God. And when you believe it, there shall be a manifestation. Engaging the prophetic. Engaging the prophetic. So, this guy followed his master. Aggressive. People that want to change foundation of their background, they were aggressive. Listen, nothing in the kingdom come cheap. Nothing. Nothing. Give not that which is precious to swine. If you pay price for you, you value it. Listen, God specifically told Elijah, go and anoint. Give me that scripture. Go and anoint Jehu to be king in, 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 in Judah and Hazel in Syria and Elisha, the son of Shaphat. A prophet in your stead. He didn't do it. You cannot give me one scripture where you saw Elijah anoint Elijah anointing Elijah. Even though God said it, he didn't do it. Verse number 15. Watch this. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return to thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king of Syria. Anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshai, shall thou anoint to be king of Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abrahamihola, shall thou anoint to be a prophet in your room. It means that I am giving you a successor, a prophet in your room. There is no record Elijah, Elijah did it. He never anointed. Because all his don't come cheap. Hear this. <laughs> Elisha didn't do it. Elisha, the son of Shepherd of Abrahamihola, shall thou anoint a prophet in your room. So the prophetic anointing that, and listen, until Elijah anointed Elisha, Elisha is not a prophet, he's a farmer. He doesn't come from a prophetic priesthood. So there is a mountain that can fall, come upon you or fall on you and change you to be something you were not. That is why they ask. That's why they ask. Is Saul also among the prophets? It means he was not. Now, after today, and I'm giving you 365 days, huh. they will ask, is this lady also among the billionaires? They will be asking questions. The moment you hear people asking, are you also among the below? It means that you were not qualified. It is a prophetic grace. Yes. Prophet Anna driving a car without starter. Can't amount to picking. First test, first selection. And this is how far the Lord has brought me. I can stand in authority of that and prophesy ah. that God is taking you where you have never been. You can never take people where you have never been. I know where God picked me from. I know how far he has brought me. So when he sent me, I have confidence in the calling. Hear this. And the Bible said, and the Bible said, 
She didn't do it. And it shall come to pass, him that escaped the sword of Hazel, look at the escape, shall Jehu slay. So they escaped the Syrian sword and the Israeli sword took over. By the account, and him that escaped the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. So the final sword is a prophetic sword. Yes, sir. Now after that, when the prophetic sword is engaged, there is no escape route for enemies. They escaped the sword of Hazel. They escaped the sword of Jehu. But when the prophetic anointing is engaged, it ended it. The Agak that Saul didn't care, somewhere chop him into pieces. He said, you that your sword has made women barren. And I saw that, trace it, I realized that Agak never pierced a sword in anybody's womb. That sword someone was talking about was in the spirit. So there is a spirit in your background foundation that lock at wombs. And this night it shall be open. Man. There is no smoke without fire. Elisha saw that this man supposed to give me something he refused. He followed him to kill God. <laughs> and it shall come to pass that. He followed him to Gilga and he says, stay here. Go down there, you'll find it. The Lord has sent me to the place. He said, as thy soul liveth, I will not let you go. And they came to Jericho. It doesn't cost you anything to stay at Gilgal in Jericho. It costs you to come to Jordan. Watch this. And it came to pass, when the Lord, is the same scripture, I just have to go down. When the Lord will have taken Elijah to heaven by the whirlwind, that Elijah went, and Elisha, Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal Watch this. And Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here. Wait here. Give me the New Living Translation. <laughs> Wait here. And Elijah said, stay here. For the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. And Elisha replied, as, as surely as the Lord lives. And you yourself live. I will never leave you. The kingdom suffered violent. So they went together to Bethel. And at Bethel, a group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? They have a revelation of what is going to happen, but they cannot engage. So the father you can see does not mean to benefit you. Let's assume Elisha is not seeing anything. He's the one hunting for the oil. All these people can boast is that they have a foreknowledge that Elijah is going to go. If you go, what is left for you? Do you know why I tell people don't follow your father's battles with your sisters or your grandfather died and left some two houses, you go engage them in a battle. It's a useless battle, number one. The house you are fighting for to get a portion, the foundation is wrong. No, it's not correct. Believe God to build your own thing. And he said, a group of prophets came. And from there today, of course, I know 
Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Hold your peace. I like the way they can just hold your peace. Go to the next verse. Then Elisha, then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. So from Bethel, from Gergar to Bethel to Jericho. And but Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives. Now let me tell you something. From Gergar to Bethel to Jericho, it doesn't cost you anything. Sometimes five days fasting will not cost you anything. Sometimes seven will not cost you anything, but hundred will cost you. So by the time you are engaged in a hundred days fasting, you have come to your Jordan. Because Jordan is the change of the baton. I'll bring you that in a second. And I, and I will never leave you. So they went together to Jericho. From where? From Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho. And the group of prophets from Jericho. So they have the group of prophets in all the town. Say, ask him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know. Elisha answered him, be quiet about it. Hold your peace. You stand here. Sit there. Sit there. <laughs> and the Bible said, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives, and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went together. And when they came, 50 men from the group of the prophet also went and watched from a distance. So they were spectators, not participators. They are going to stand there to watch how the man is going to be carried from heaven. Maybe he told them, I'll be taken to heaven. And Elisha stopped beside the Jordan, watched from a distance, and Elijah, and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. And from there, the Bible said, then Elijah folded his cloak together. Give me the King James. I like the way the King James put it. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it and wrapped it together. <laughs> so he ruled the mantle together, wrapped it. Standing behind in front of the black voter. And the Bible said, and smooth the waters. And like the rest, a wall here, a wall there. And they were divided here, And that is where the price starts. So the first question the devil will tell you is that the way you are following the man to cross the man, the fact that they divide the water means there's not the water to walk through. Even if you know semiology, you can't, you will drown. So for the mantle to divide the water, that is why today I'm going to put a mantle in your hands. You will go back to that hometown there. And when you lift a mantle, God will remember today. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smoothed the water and they were divided. Come back to the New Living Translation. Uh -huh. And struck the water with it. And the water divided. And the two of them went across the dry ground. This is what the battle, the devil will tell you that. If you go, how are you going to come back? But this is the thing. Elisha preferred to die than losing that anointing. You are not as aggressive as you thought. He preferred. 
for me to lose this trouble portion, I'd rather have to die. All this while, Elijah could have taken oil and poured it. I go say, yes, never done it. The guy is pursuing, engaging the prophetic for the destruction of your wrong foundation. It means that if I'm able to get this thing, the foundation in my background is going to change. Everybody knows me as a farmer, but they are going to know me as a prophet. Watch this. And when they came to the other side, Elijah said unto Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha replied, please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. Let me inherit a double portion. Look at the King James Version. Kaduma Shatapaya. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, a double portion of the spirit be upon me. Listen to what the master said. And his boss said, and he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. And I told you yesterday, the father something is hard, that something is not possible. Yeah. It can be hard, but it's possible. It may take you a price to knock this thing down, but it's possible. Huh? And when I am taken away from thee, it shall be so. He said that thou shalt, thou shalt ask a hard thing, but if thou see me, when I'm taken away from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. So even then, he left it in the middle line. It means that now it depends on your faith. It may or it may not be. It may come or it may not come. Come to the New Living Translation. Watch this. Look at the way he put it. And he said, you have asked a difficult thing. Elijah replied, if you see me when I'm taken away from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. So don't think anybody's going to work in acrobatic display. Lift up your faith. And the Bible said, as they were walking along and talking, suddenly, chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two of them and separated them. Because if you get close, this thing can kill you. So the chariot drove between the two of them, chariot of fire with horses of fire, and parted them. That is so your faith must engage. Separated them. And Elijah was carried by a whirlwind. He saw his master start suspending. Carried. Chariot of fire. Whirlwind unto heaven. And the moment he saw Elijah saw it and cried out. Cried. My father, my father. I see the chariot and the chariots of Israel. And as they disappear from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in a distress. It means that he took hold of the clothes himself. Elijah didn't drive the cloth. He took hold and tore and took the hope and tore the cloth. And Elisha tore the clothes in distress. And the Bible said, Elisha picked up Elijah's clothes. It means that the cloth he was wearing when he was taken to heaven, he doesn't need it in heaven. He tear up and drop. (laughs) 
Some of the ladies, I gave them t-shirt here. Some have started getting pregnant. You have started. You are sending me testimonies. In a short while, God is manifesting himself. One of them, the title was that. Great testimony. Jesus. Elijah pick up Elijah's group, which has fallen when he was taken up. And Elijah returned to the bank of the Jordan River. <laughs> and when he got there, she struck the water with Elijah. You see, that kind of miracle, you are not too sure what to happen. You are trying your try error face and say, Adiabe Juma Nanya Juma. Open some is fighting you. And you stood there by faith. <laughs> and he said, Look at the way it started. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He's referring to his father. It means that the way you heard your, your, my father, you must hear me. Yes. Hey, listen. The way you let prophet and not build portals without law. Let me build it without law. Let me build my country, my company without law. Amen. Let me build my city without law. Amen. Oh, those who are shouting, Amen, it's going to be. Amen. So dive and step into the grace of your father. And he said, What is the Lord God of Elijah? Then the river divided. And Elisha went across. And listen, this is where I love. When you depart from here, without opening your mouth, they will know God has changed your life. Listen, watch this. Huh? And when the group of the prophets of Jericho saw from a distance, what happened? They exclaimed, Elijah's spirit rests on Elisha. You don't need to announce to them, they will see it. He has engaged the prophetic. He has engaged. Today, may you engage in the prophetic. Amen. We are going to pray. Are you ready to pray? It's a very simple prayer. I'm coming out of this foundation. Aish. I am coming out of this 40 foundation in my background. Coming out. It must be knocked into pieces. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because. <laughs> The prophetic anointing causes you to win the war before it starts. That is why God declares you more than a conqueror. It means that you win the war before the war starts. So once you are sitting here without no money in your pocket, in the spiritual, your identity is different. Amen. He said, bring cruise. I told you in the morning, I said that when Ruby, when Jacob cursed Ruby, Moses reversed it. He said, Lord, no, Reuben die. Jericho was cursed. I just show you. Somebody laid the foundation. Now, look at the prophetic grace. This is the guy that catches the double portion of anointing. Even his boss did not reverse the curse in Jericho. Tell somebody he did not reverse the curse in Jericho. Hallelujah to Jesus Christ. He did not, he, he did not reverse it. Huh? He didn't reverse the curse of Jericho. It was Elisha who took the mantle. The same Second Kings chapter 2. When you jump a little bit to verse number 19, he got to Jericho. I don't want to read too much. One day, the leaders of the town of Jericho visited Elisha. And we have a problem, my Lord. My, they told him, this town is located 
in a pleasant surroundings. As you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Remember, he has cut the whole portion of the anointing and he told them, he said that, what is the direction? Elisha said, bring me a new bow with salt in it. So they brought it to him and she went, she, and he went to the spring that supplied water to the town. And I told you in the morning that the source of water to the town has been cursed. And the water was bitter and the land was barren. And Elisha went there and threw it into it and he said, that is what the Lord says. I have purified this water. And I will no longer, no longer cause death or infertility. So the curse of Jericho was referred by the prophetic. Let me end with this one. <laughs> Tell somebody, engage in the prophetic. Engage it. Oh, say, say engage in the prophetic. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 8. What is prophecy? It's the telling of future events. So I am prophesying that next year by this time, your story will be different. Yeah. Covenant you or not, you will be a billionaire. Amen. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there. And she urged him to come to her home for a meal. Give me the King James. I love it. The way the King James put it. And it fell on the day that Elisha passed to Shunem. So the Shunammite was given to him as a result of where he came from. Because he came from Shunem, that is why your score was the Shunammite. There was a very interesting thing about people who come from Shunem. If you were Shunammite to come from there, there is something special about you. So that means that if the foundation is correct, it helps a lot of things to change and work together for your good. Do you know something? <laughs> the greatest king in Israel is David. When you go to Israel, David is not the first king. He's the second king. There are other kings that has followed, including the wisest one, Solomon. But it's as if it's only David who has to rule. Something about that car. Something. She has so much a covenant with God that with the, the messing up and the mistake of his son Solomon, God didn't punish Solomon for his father's sake. This is why wrong foundation is bad. Because God spared Solomon's foolishness because of David. Can you be spared because of your father? Today, something will break off your YouTube page. It means that some of you, the background you come from, there must be a disconnection. Yeah. That's what God did to Abraham. Leave your father and your mother. He disconnected him. Shunammite. Shunammite. In 1 Kings chapter 1 and verse number 4, when, is it verse, let me read from verse number 1. Uh-huh. Verse number 1. Now King David was old and striking in years. And they covered him with clothes, but he cannot, he cannot get, he can get no heat. Now come back to New Living Translation and watch this one. King David, watch this. King David was now very old. And no matter how many blankets cover him, he could not get warm. Mm. <laughs> so 
His advisors told him, let us find a young virgin to wait on you and look after you, my Lord. She will lie in your arms and keep you warm. David, mama. When the guy was growing old, to get him warm, you must get it. May the Lord deliver you. This is, is, a, is a interesting story. So, David, you mean that blanket tray cannot warm you unless we give you a fair damsel? I know shit. David the cheer. David then boosts our foundation. And then affected Solomon. David has saw the oil to knock the foundation. He didn't do it. At his old age. The advices came by, by the observation of following the king. They said, man, I deal with young Look at what they did. Look at what they did. Huh? So they searched throughout the land of Israel. Huh? Come to King James. So they sought for a fair damsel throughout the course of Israel and found Abisad, a Shunammite, and brought her to the king. A Shunammite girl. This is the girl that Donajah wanted to marry and it cost him his life. Beautiful girl. So Shunammite cannot be ugly. The prophetic anointing carries a sword. And he said that he that escaped the sword of Jehusa, the prophetic slay. Engage him. Come back to the Shunammite woman. That's where I was leading before I came here. And he fell on the day that Elisha passed through Shunem, where was a great woman. Huh? And he constrained him to eat bread. It means that he engaged the prophetic. This is it. Elisha never begged the woman. She was passing in front. The woman saw her. And the woman forced her to come and eat. Can you imagine I come to your house to eat? And sleep there. She constrained him. It means he forced him. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned their tita to eat bread. New Living Translation. We almost say one day Elisha went to a town of Shunem, and a wealthy woman lived there. So the Shunamite woman was a wealthy woman. The Lord give me wealthy woman in this family. Already after today's demonstration, raise me wealthy men and women. And she urged him to come her, to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he will stop there for something to eat. Now he took the giving to another level. Nobody knows the benefit he got from the giving. But whatever it is, I think when the prophet started going there, something started changing. One day, eh, and he said to her husband, I am sure this man will stop in from time to time is a holy man of God. Revelation. Let us build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp, and he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. So now he's not going to eat and go. We want the anointing to be a residual in this place. 
residual anointing. We want the oil to be deposited in this house. Now, listen. There is an anointing that makes you cook for a prophet. But there is something that happens when he sleeps in the house. One day, I was in a plane. And by the special grace of God, I brought invited you. They put me in the first class. I was going to weave, and I saw that the first class toilet were all occupied. So the air hostess came to me and said, please, can you just flip the carpet and just go to the business class? There's a toilet there. If you are not under pressure, I said, oh, yes, let me go there. When I entered the business class, there was a group of pastors. There were three. I didn't even see them. So I think they saw me. So when I finished with I came there. And this is a plane inside. I was standing there. And the people came there. Holding envelope. They said, hey, Papa. We didn't know you were here. And I love for one to say, Papa, how did you heavy? She agree so. I love it. She agree so. I was trying to tell them that. Everybody was watching. They knelt and lifted their hands. What do I do? And I was trying to pray low. Father, we command your blessing. In Jesus' name. When I finish, there was a whole woman there. He said, will you pray for me? A white man. Mm. Then the old hostess come and say, Who are you? Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to. Mm. But I love Paco said, Papa. I had a Benjamin. Put a new word. May they not give you an aggressive spirit. He said, let us build a chamber in the roof. It's called prophetic chamber. Amen. That is why I always want to live at the top of a hotel. Mm. I don't like to sleep in a down. If I come to a hotel and it's a down floor, I will never sleep there. I want the top. I must take dominion of every spirit in the hotel. I go up and dominate all of them. Once I'm there, no demon or witch will fly. We walk with insights, insights, insights. So, they will tell you that, put me at the top. Remember when we were in China, I told you I don't like this hotel. And then they took us to, what's the name of the hotel we slept? First, first season hotel. And I was in a hundred and, is it 90 something or hundred and something floor? We do up, I said, Lord, I dominate this hotel. I suspend activities of sources and divinators. Sometimes I finish sleeping in the hotel. I say, Lord, anybody that sleep on this bed and slept, may they encounter Jesus. I've gone to a hotel that somebody has come there. Then when I went there, because I make friends with some of the people that work there, they, 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 the lady told me, said that, hey, you know what, Reverend in America, I said, we check somebody into your room. He entered, came back. He said, I don't want to sleep in this room. I found a bobole bobo. Hey, Mr. Wu, you appear in your hometown. Some people will scatter. The wizards and the witches, those who have caused all kinds of destruction, hey. they will see you, they will scatter. 
stagnation Jesus as I lie on these mantles and I roll so your blessing will roll towards it will be in motion it will be in motion it will be in motion nothing will be stagnant nothing will come to a standstill you will cover the longest distance within the shortest possible Mantles of Jehovah. God bless you for watching. I hope you enjoyed the message. For further inquiries, contact Well Prayer Center, P.O. Box GP21421 Accra, or telephone plus 233-274-009933 or plus 233-242-472655. Email us on info at portercity.com or visit our website www.portercity.com. Location plot 16, Mutual Road, Pram Pram, Greater Accra, Ghana.